0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Visual Novel Podcast, where we discuss visual novels, news, and reviews. I'm your host, Pitar. Yes, that's right. The VNPC is finally here. I know you've been waiting for, uh, never. This was an idea I've had for a while now, and, uh, as I'm starting another year of nursing school this fall, I decided that I would do something to keep me busy, a little bit of occupation on the side, so that I don't lose my mind. So this episode's going to be a little different because it's the first one, so the the outline, I guess, or the plan of attack here for how we're going to go about things is going to be a little different this time around, but not too different. The biggest change is going to be that normally at this point I'd be talking about any kind of upcoming news in the visual novel realm. And I get most of my news information from uh, Denpasoft and then Steam, so pretty standard, I think, uh, outlets for this kind of genre. But these podcast episodes are going to be broken down into three main sections. We're going to talk about that news Then we're going to talk about whatever visual novel the episode is going to focus on. And then after talking about that, there will be a spoiler section at the end after uh, there's going to be a bit of music and we'll make sure that everyone who doesn't want to get spoiled has a chance to leave the podcast to hit stop before we start talking about things that that constitute a spoiler. So what better way to kick off the VNPC than by starting with the first visual novel that I ever read? That would be... Everlasting Summer. Everlasting Summer was released November 9th, 2014, and it was produced by Soviet Games. They are a Russian studio. And as of the recording of this episode, the reviews on Steam for Everlasting Summer sit at overwhelmingly positive, and that's with 39,309 reviews. So that's pretty solid, I'd say. Uh, <laughs> kind of can't argue with that, can you? So let me get into a bit of a summary about what the game's about. And this is just going to be word for word from the description of the game on Steam's, uh, on the Steam page. That's where I found this. Uh, it would have been 2015 that I discovered this game. And it was, uh, I, I don't know if this is a typical way that people find visual novels or not because I don't really talk to people, uh, about <laughs> visual novels, uh, for reasons I'm sure that many of you can guess. Uh, and and also that, you know, the same reason that I found this was uh, probably the same reason that a lot of us did. Um, I never really heard of the visual novel genre, I guess. And uh, I was just browsing Steam at the time and uh, put in some specific tags for the uh, kind of game that I wanted to play. And uh who are we kidding? Like, you guys all know what it is. I put in, like, the sexual content tag. And I was like, oh, let's let's see what Steam's got on here. Let, let's get steamy. <laughs> uh, uh, but then I found this. And I was like, oh, what is this? This is kind of interesting. Uh, I've always kind of liked anime. I've never been a huge anime fan, I guess. I mean, I've seen the occasional one. I've, I've watched the big ones, right? Like Death Note. I've seen that. Um but that being said, I've never been into the thing. So let's see what this is about, huh? And then I just kind of got hooked. Like I got into it the first couple nights. I was like, this is this is kind of interesting because it does remind me of a choose-your-own-adventure book. And then, I mean, by the end of this one, I was, I was kind of hooked on the genre. I saw the potential for what this genre really could be. And um, yeah, so Everlasting Summer... Here's the, uh, summary. (laughs) get it? (laughs) Summary. (laughs) Meeting Simeon, the game's main character, you would have never paid attention to him. Just an ordinary young man with thousands, even hundreds of thousands of those like him in every ordinary city. But one day, something completely unusual happens to him. He falls asleep in a bus in the winter and wakes up in the middle of a hot summer. In front of him is, forgive the pronunciation, is I'm not Russian, a pioneer camp, and behind him is his former life. To understand what happened to him, Simeon will have to get to know the local inhabitants and maybe even find love, find his way in the complex labyrinth of human relationships and his own problems, and solve the camp's mysteries. Then answer the main question, how to come back, and should he come back? It's actually a pretty solid summary. I mean, it doesn't really give anything away, but it does kind of hint at the uh, the mystery involved in this story. So now that I've talked about the summary, and uh, I'll go, I'll try to go into a little bit more detail. But it's always tough, especially recording these kind of things off the cuff the way I'm doing, because uh, this isn't my first uh, podcast. You know, I've done other stuff before, uh, and I know that it can be difficult to not dip your toe into the spoiler waters if you're not kind of paying attention so um i'll do my best to talk about things without giving anything away but uh, it's kind of rough sometimes so with this with everlasting summer i feel like the what you should know if you haven't played this yet is that a it's free so really I'll, i'll get to this again at the end when i'm kind of wrapping up and talking about the pros and cons and whether or not i think you should get it but this is a free visual novel, and I got to say, this sets the bar, well, sets a bar. It's I wouldn't say it's the only one. I've got another one in mind that I'll talk about in another episode that really sets the bar for what excellence in a visual novel should be. But this one, I really, really enjoyed this. I'm going to start off strong. That's not to say I don't have problems with it, and I'll get into those, but um, really, they describe exactly what it is at the start, and that's why I got hooked. I was kind of intrigued by the whole summer camp, um, Me, that was my knee that just popped, <laughs> the whole summer camp mythos. I mean, I was a Boy Scout, I'm, I went to summer camp, I can tell you they didn't end up like this one does, uh, but I, I, it did tap into the nostalgia a little bit, if you've ever been to a summer camp, and just the kind of... The story itself of the main character, Simeon, not knowing why he's there or how he got there or how he's going to get back. That's not a spoiler. That's right away. You, It's in the first couple minutes of the game of reading that you'll find this out. So there is kind of a mystery element to it that is, uh, it, it hooked me. It might not hook everybody, but it did hook me. Speaking of Simeon, let's talk a little bit about the main characters of the story. I'm going to talk about the protagonist, Simeon, and then I'll briefly go into the five heroines that you have the chance to uh, th- that have a root of their own. That's how I figured I would kind of structure this podcast—not just this episode, but in general. If there are ro- if there's roots to be had, those characters will get their own little section, and then at the end, I'll have any kind of supporting characters. And I'm not going to get into too many spoilers on this either. I'll save that for the spoiler section where I really talk about these characters and uh, what I thought about them. But really, this is just going to be a description. So Simeon, just like they say, he you never would have paid attention to him. Very relatable character if you're in your mid-20s and kind of uh, feel like you're going nowhere. <laughs> um, just jaded and... Uh, Fed up, I guess. Just the same. He's in that mindset that a lot of us get into when you start really getting into the workforce. And you're just like, God, am I really just supposed to work 50 hours, 40 hours a week, whatever, pay my bills and die? Like, is that is that really what life is about? And he's... I mean, it captures that pretty good. Once he gets to the camp, though, um, he's still that same character, but he's... He's good at, uh, how do you say this? You know, he's insightful in some ways that, uh, isn't always the case with protagonists in these kinds of games. So, uh, it's kind of nice. It was a good, strong start for me for a first visual novel that he was a pretty relatable main character. That's what I'll say. Now and again, this is a this is a Russian game. Soviet Games is a Russian studio. The game is primarily in Russian, and then we have an English port. So, uh, yeah, when I go for these names, (laughs) the anybody that's Russian or speaks Russian that listens is gonna probably die a little bit on the inside. Slavia, Slavia is the first girl that you meet. She's uh, well, kind of. She's. The blonde-haired, blue-eyed, kind of normal, adventure-loving, outgoing character. She's a, she's a pristine communist comrade, a, a true diamond to the motherland. She's got kind of an adventurous spirit of sorts. Um, and the more you learn about her, the more you'll see of that. Olyana, now this is the, uh, she's the feisty bad behavior and, uh character she's very uh, rambunctious if you would, if you mind and um yeah from there we'll keep moving on <laughs> gonna gonna just put that one behind us lena lena is the quiet book reading type kind of that trope that, and you'll notice with a lot of these that there's there's a lot of tropes in the visual novel games right and so lena fills that quiet keeping to herself kind of uh not shy yeah but uh more than just that she has the oh I forgot to say this about Olyana my bad Olyana other than being clearly shorter than the rest has the dark red uh, they're not ponytails but they're something like that Lena has the uh, dark blue or purple depending on your color deficiencies uh, hair and eyes and she's very uh, uh, quiet yeah Elisa, the rebel, clear, obviously the rebel. The first time you see her, you'll, you'll know who it is when you see, uh, Elisa. Elisa's got the kind of orange color scheme. Uh, she, now I don't want to be too forward here, but if Elisa doesn't shape up because of the way that she acts against the party, uh, I feel like she's probably going to find herself on the wrong side of the bars of the gulag in a few years. If she doesn't kind of grow out of the, uh, little rebellious phase that she's in. <laughs> Alisa, <laughs> the rebel with a cause. And the final character, Miku, the light blue, kind of cyan, teal, almost color palette. She's the quirky, kind of odd, ditzy musician type character that, uh, kind of an airhead, I mean, for being honest. <laughs> and that really wraps up your main character staff. Uh, staff. Yes, my staff of characters that I pay. My cast, let's try cast of characters. Semyon, Slavia, Ilyana, Lena, Elisa, Miku. And with that, we'll move on to the supporting characters. The first we'll talk about is really hard to pronounce. Olga Dmitrievna. Probably not even close. She's kind of the den mother character. the uh, Our glorious comrade leader of the camp. Not... I don't think that it's explicitly said that she is the camp director leader, but she's clearly the leader of your little troop of people. And when you have, uh, she's the one that puts you on tasks and says like, Hey, welcome camper. Here's what we're going to do today. You need to be here, here, and here. You need to go do this. You need to go do that. She's probably in her mid twenties, which is older than the rest of the cast here. So she's got kind of that, uh, maternal in a sense kind of a militaristic maternal mindset to her and as much as i wished when i first played there's no olga route it's very sad electronic i i don't remember what his real name is that's what everyone calls him is electronic it makes me think of uh, the old if you'll, you'll know it if you know it supersonic electronic it's this really really crappy music video uh I think it's, I mean, it's a parody, but it's kind of old, pretty funny. He's a perfect blonde haired blue eyed specimen of Soviet strength. And he's also probably not straight. Uh, (laughs) You'll see when you play, you'll see shurik the other male character also blonde hair blue eyed he's kind of the shorter with glasses nerdier type uh, both of them are the kind of nerd types they work on the robotics and kind of you know the guy calls himself electronic so you can kind of get where he's coming at from that mindset and then shurik is usually not far behind from they, they kind of stick together and then you got xenia the librarian slash uh, contrarian she's kind of um Oh, the, uh, what's the word? It's the trope, the, uh, Sundara, Sundara, the, not really, though. She just doesn't like you that much, I guess. And, uh, as the story goes on, I gotta, I should have said at the start, it's been a while since I've actually played through this game, I'm starting this. I look, I kinda played one route about a month ago after not touching it for a couple years, and it really, it got me back into this, that's why why I'm here, I just thought about talking about this, but uh, this being visual novels, but I don't remember if Xenia ever really opens up to you, I know she doesn't have a route except for a uh, modded route that was added into the game later, I'll talk about that uh, at the end, and there actually are a few other Supporting characters that I'm not going to talk about because if I did it would kind of be spoilers So I'll leave that to you if you play through the game You can find out all about the other characters that you don't get to meet until certain things are met so That doesn't make sense moving on now. I know that was a lot of rambling, but we're gonna kind of wrap things up I'm gonna go back over I'm gonna talk about overall my thoughts on this game whether or not you should get it And um, we'll go on from there. Then we'll talk talk about some spoilers. But my final pre-spoiler thoughts is that, I mean, this game is great, especially for a free game, because I was thinking about this, uh, trying to put a value on whether or not... When something is free, if it's bad, it doesn't excuse it for being bad, but at least you didn't waste any money on it. But... If something is decent or good or even great, and it's also free, I feel like that the value that you get from a free something that happens to be good is a more valuable. It has more weight than if something is bad when it's free. You know what I'm trying to say? This game being great with, in my opinion, with flaws, which I'll just talk about here in a minute, it's still well worth your time because it is free. So you really can't go wrong with this. Now, speaking of going wrong, I'm going to talk a little, there are a couple things that are, uh, not perfect. (laughs) Uh, one of which being the main story. So if you've played a lot of visual novels, you probably know that there are usually in games like this, where you have multiple characters to kind of choose from and, and, uh, Kind of shoot off on different off routes on each of these characters. There's generally a main story uh, or a common route that they're sometimes called, and the, a lot of the story elements overlap with the common route. Now, with Everlasting Summer, this is very prevalent. There's a lot of small things that are changed depending on the choices that you're making in the game because there are a lot of choices. That's something I do actually like, and I'll get to get to that in a sec too, but. There are small changes to the main route that will happen when you make these choices. But for the most part, the main route is kind of the same. And so for replayability, it kind of grates on you a little bit. At least it did on me. So I did find myself skipping a lot of the stuff, especially if you've played this and you know what I'm talking about when I get to the uh, the little mine escapade that happens that uh, gets pretty repetitive, <laughs> um, in my opinion. But again, this is a free game, so so a repetitive, somewhat repetitive main story isn't so bad. There's a wide variety of br- of, re- of routes and endings, and a lot of choices to be made. Which, for a first visual novel for me, it was kind of a I kind of got spoiled. Not like a not like a uh, story spoiler, but just. I got got something that had a lot of choices. So when I started playing other ones after this and they didn't have quite as many choices as this or they were a little more linear, you know what I mean? It was, I didn't feel cheated, but I definitely see now looking back that I got a pretty healthy helping of choice in this one that isn't always there in other visual novels. So take that for what it is. I think it's a good thing. Branching, the the story's very branching. There's a lot of, even though I said that the common route has a lot of similarities and just small changes, when you start getting around uh the point in the game where you really start veering off into each character's specific route, that's when the game really starts to change. And, I mean, there's a very wide variety of uh, stuff that I didn't see coming at all. And I'll talk about that more in the spoiler section, but... Keep that in mind. I, there's a lot of variety in the choices that you make and the routes that end up you end up on. Um, the story itself is, is pretty thought provoking at points. Sometimes it's a uh, pretty well. Let's just say the Russian to English isn't always the easiest or best language to translate. So there are some points where I was kind of like, okay, that was that was a little rough, <laughs> but I get what the overall uh, thing is here. And that was pretty few and far between if I remember right. And I think I would have remembered something like that being a bigger deal if it was. Now let's talk about, um, the art because the art for me is a mixed bag. I like the sprites. I like the backgrounds for sure. That stuff is great where it kind of, Got to me, and this was even on my first playthrough uh, before I'd ever played any other visual novels. Was the CGs. Um, I don't know if they used multiple artists, I haven't looked into it enough or what. But it was multiple artists, meaning like uh, this artist draws for this character's scenes, this artist draws for this character's scenes, because they kind of felt disconnected from the main game. Um, not enough that you know you're looking at a picture a drawn picture of this character that you've been talking to for so long that the sprites and everything for the story and then when you get a unique background or a, not a background a unique cg it's still the same person but there's kind of like a oh it's all it's like an uncanny valley thing almost but not quite because it's you know, not the right use of that word, but it's the same idea. And it kind of bothered me at first. It still kind of bothers me a little bit, but not enough to make this story not worth reading, not even close. So should you buy this? Absolutely, because you're not buying it. It's free. <laughs> if you've never played visual novels before, you're probably not listening to this podcast, but who knows? You might be. And this is a great starter one. Like I said, it's got its issues, but I mean, you really can't go wrong with a free podcast, a uh, free I'm looking at my notes. <laughs> a free visual novel. And it's got a lot of heart. It's got a lot of effort. And I really can't say that enough. Lots of effort went into this. And nothing came out of the other end. Except for recognition for Soviet Games, who is a fantastic studio. Even if they are disgusting, vile, commie dogs and I'm a United States red-blooded American. Yay! Really? That's all I can say about it. Get it if you haven't? Even if you've been a big visual novel person, it'll make you think. You get some pretty good hours out of it, especially for free. And, oh, I forgot to mention. I did forget to mention. It also has mod support. There is a mods page in the game that will take you to uh, where you can download uh, fan-made scenes and everything into the game. It's really quick and easy. It's really easy to work with. And it gets you some extra stories if you really want them. Most of them aren't in English. So if that's your only language, then you're kind of, you're not hosed. There are options. But the majority of the modded stuff is Russian. Because apparently this is an extremely popular Russian visual novel. But that'll conclude the non-spoiler talk of Everlasting Summer on the VNPC. Thank you, everybody, for listening. You can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts. I will make a YouTube, not quite yet, but at some point there will be a YouTube that I'll post these to. If you want to email me, you can. You can email me at vnpcast... uh, Maybe I shouldn't butcher the email, right? (laughs) vnpcast at gmail.com. That's vnpcast at gmail.com. vnpcast.com at gmail.com. Email me critiques and what you thought of Everlasting Summer and why this podcast sucks so hard and what I need to do to fix it because this is my hobby, man. I'm doing this because I'm going to be really bored this uh, fall through summer of next year when I'm neck deep in another year of nursing school. So please, give me something to read and talk about. That's the other thing. If you want to see a visual novel in this podcast if you want me to review one email me vnpcast at gmail.com let me know hey i'd love to see this i love this tell me why you love it and show me where i can find it you can also find the website for the cat for the podcast at vnpc.podbean.com so that's going to do it for this episode join me after the music and we'll talk about some everlasting summer spoilers thanks for listening Okay, spoilers for Everlasting Summer. Now, the way I'm going to do spoilers, uh, because for some of these, I'm kind of revisiting them, but I don't even have the time now to fully replay these games and uh, reread any of the visual novels that I've already read for this podcast. So for spoilers, I'm not so much going to be diving into each route and the specifics of each route and exactly what happens and what I thought of it, anything like that. The difference between the spoiler and non-spoiler section is that I'm just going to talk about what I remember and what I liked or didn't like and not have to worry about saying something small that isn't going to ruin the game for somebody, but it would definitely say like, oh, I know this is going to happen now. Well, that sucks. Thanks, guy. So without further ado some uh because of that some spoiler sections on some games are going to be longer than others this one's not going to be extremely long um because it's been such a wa- uh such a long time since I have fully read this visual novel i mean it's been probably like 5 years so i can remember a lot but you know there's only so much room up in the noggin there and uh the first thing i wrote down though for my notes was fuck the nurse uh yeah fuck that nurse i even as my first visual novel, and I bought this, or bought, whatever, downloaded this thing because I saw, hey, <clears throat> a sexual content, <clears throat> I'm liking this. Let me see what this has to offer. Because I'm not going to lie to you. That's why a lot of people get into these things, right? So I got into it because of that. But even though that was my mindset, the whole nurse thing where she's like, obviously just I mean, coming on strong, you know, even as five years ago when I first found this, I was like, oh, man, as a novice visual novel player, I was like, man, this is kind of lame. I don't like this. Come on. Give me give me a story. Don't give me that. Come on. Like you can do better. I've seen you do better so far in this game with the ride with everything. Please be better. So fuck that nurse. You know what? You know who's a good nurse? And I'm going to talk about this nurse a lot. You know who's a good nurse? motherfucking katawa shoujo nurse that guy's a good nurse that's a great character that's a great that's how you do a nurse i'll talk about him on that episode you, you just you wait my favorite route uh of this game i when i first played it was the miku route because it was so fucking weird like when, <laughs> when i first found it i was like uh, found it meaning started it I was it was late at night. I do remember that because I would play this game late into the uh, like into the early morning hours I'd be reading this stuff. I really got hooked. I mean, I'd start around like nine and probably read till 1, two in the morning. I kind of read it's a mix. I can read the stuff really quick. I kind of force myself to slow down so that I'm not feeling like I'm skipping through stuff. Uh, I kind of have a problem with that. but I it was late in the evening i was i was reading fast i was just like okay i'm kind of tired i want to see if there's anything good coming up in this story and then i'm gonna go to bed and the miku route just what like what the hell everything i oh man like zombie ulianas and fucking self-aware acting actor like oh man like I said, I don't remember the exact specifics, but I do remember the Miku route was fucking weird and I loved it. I was like, dude, this is so out of the ordinary f- compared to everything else on this. And then even now, it's I have a bigger appreciation for it because looking back after playing a handful of other visual novels, I mean, Miku still is to me unique, very unique. I haven't seen anything like it in other visual novels yet. We'll see if, as I uh, keep adding more. If you know of one that has something similar to me, email me, vnpcast at uh, gmail.com. Let me know. That might be my next one that I read. So, yeah, that was my favorite route, and it still kind of is. Although, when I played about a month ago on a whim, I was like, eh, Everlasting Summer. I haven't read that in a million years. I bet I've forgotten all about it. Nope. I still fucking hate The Mine. I hate Shurik. I hate that whole fucking scene, that whole, uh, not scene, but... You know, collection of scenes, that part of the story. Fuck Shurik, fuck that mine. It, it was cool the first time, right? Finding the bunker and the old abandoned building from the cabin and all that bullshit, that was cool. But, man, fuck that stuff, doing it a million times in a row. When I played a month ago, I played the Slavia route, and uh, I kind of skipped over the Slavia route the first time playing um, because... And this would so- was something that would kind of stick with me for a while, uh, in other visual novels that I'll talk about in the future episodes, but when a game has a, a character that they're kind of, in this case, not so much, but in other cases, definitely kind of shoving in your face, like, Hey, this is the one that you want. You should, this is kind of the main girl This you should chase after her, um, Like I said, everlasting summer doesn't do it that bad, but because she's the first one that you meet and she's the first one that's like kind of, she's nice to you and, uh, which (laughs) I'm going to move on before I get into that talk, but she is clearly put out first and is like, here, here is something that you can do in this. Jesus, that kind of sounded wrong, didn't it? Something that you can do, meaning a route. Here is someone that you can lust after. How about that? Uh, I kind of avoided her because I was like, you know what? Fuck you. I, I'm my own person. I want to make my own decisions. I'm not going to choose her because you're putting her in my face first. I'm going to choose the other ones first. Uh, but this time around, I played this lobby route. And yeah, I kind of liked it. It uh, The whole sexual content part of it, the adult content, felt a little bit rushed uh, when it first happens. I was like, okay, yeah, it's there, but... No, I, I kind of enjoyed the route. It was a it was a nice little jaunt. It was a good reintroduction to Everlasting Summer. Uh, what would be interesting is if I played the two character routes again that I didn't mention in the non-spoiler section, the Simeon and Yulia routes, uh, because uh, that really fucked me up too. Kind of like the Miku route. The Simeon route was the first one that I got, actually. Um, the first one that I ended up on. And then after that, I used a walkthrough guide to do the other girls one at a time so that I was making the right choice. Cause goddamn, if I'm going to replay that fucking mine again, I'm not going to go through it a thousand times and guess on who I'm going to end up with. I'm going to find out exactly what choices I need to do to find who I want to see in this route. I'm not going to suffer through that mine any more times than is necessary. But anyway, the Simeon route was the first one I found. And that really fucked with me. I was like, hey, this is cool. Like, this is this is interesting. I did not expect this. I didn't expect this kind of uh, I don't know if I call it interdimensional or what, but it was out of the box, man. And I loved it. That was something I just I liked about this game. It's got so many unique things like the Simeon route and the Yoya thing. Like uh, now unlocking characters by playing through other routes is not something that now that I've played other ones, I see that that's not super uncommon, but just never having seen it before, uh, being the first visual novel I played, that was a great kind of introduction. I really, really got into that. That, that is part of the reason that I looked up other visual novels to play was, uh, because of stuff like that. Now I still looked up other visual novels at the start because, um, I was looking for some more uh, some more of that uh, fresh, hot content, if you, know if you know what I'm saying, right? If you know what I'm saying. But um, eventually, and I'll go over that in the episode that I talk about that game, there's one visual novel that kind of changed me around to where everything before it, I was buying purely based on the adult content alone and whether or not I thought it would be good. And everything following that was because of the story. But that is a podcast for another day. For now, I'm going to call it. Everlasting Summer was great. I know that wasn't a whole lot of spoiler talk. It wasn't uh, crazy. Like I said, different novels will have different lengths of spoilers based on how much I've replayed them and how much I really, really got into them. This one... I should get back to it, honestly. I should do it again while I have a little bit of time this summer. But whether or not I will, we'll see. Thank you for listening to VNPC. I'm your host, Patar. You can email us at vnpc, VNPCast. I'm going to butcher that for another three, four episodes before I get it. VNPCast at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know what you think about the everlasting summer, about other stuff you want to see me review or talk about. Um, You can follow us, uh, you know, iTunes, Google Podcasts, eventually YouTube. I've already said this stuff. The website, vnpc.podbean.com. Thanks for listening.